This is a place where customarily in our flow of things here, I bring a teaching from the Bible. If you're new here today, we want to welcome you, but we're going to, by the leading of the Lord, step out of, uh, step out of line today. I may or may not get to teach the, the lesson, the message that I have for you. Uh, we'll see how that goes. If I do, it'll be a, an abbreviated version of it. Because we have something that we need to do together this morning that is just exponentially more important than listening to me talk. We need to pray. We need to pray for some people in particular who are on our hearts this morning. You know, I I think that it's clear that in so many ways we're caught in a battle and Praise God, it's a battle that he wins, but it's a battle that still needs to be fought along the way, doesn't it? And, um, you know, the events in Charleston notwithstanding, uh, certainly worthy of our prayer. uh, But I also received, yesterday I received an email from our uh, dear friends in India, from Queenie Stephen, uh, that asking Karen and I to pray uh, because they, she's just simply with a very short email, please pray because we are under persecution and we need to, we need to have your prayer. And so, of course, we did. Um, just to set that in context for those of you who are new, for the past 20 years, uh, I and some others in the church have been going back and forth to South Central India where it's been our privilege to be a part of a ministry, a an enormous, wonderful ministry there called Cornerstone Ministries. And in that place, uh, over these 20 years, we've been a privilege to be a part of uh, their ministry where they've planted hundreds of churches of believers throughout a very militant area. They've, um, They've erected a hospital out, a rural remote hospital in a place in Sargur that didn't have any medical service at all. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Sewing centers throughout, I think maybe 12 or 14 sewing centers where women are given a, an opportunity to learn to do something that they can then live their lives. It's been incredible. Preaching the gospel. Oh, my gosh, just preaching the gospel with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength along the way. Um, building a, what they call a central campus area in the city of Bangalore. And uh, it's in that campus facility where the children's home that you all built several years back by your generosity is and where girls who were formerly street children are now living in safety and productivity and and, uh, in the presence of the Lord. And so it's a big, massive ministry, and it's wonderful. And over the years, they have faced persecution of and sometimes often an intense variety. Their pastors have been beaten. Uh, Several of them have suffered broken bones because of the severity of the beatings. Their vehicles with their their gospel literature in it have been burned to the ground in front of them. You know, they've been threatened. They've They've been hurt. And so it's not uncommon for us every now and then to get a call or now a quick email from... Queenie, Sister Queenie, she's now 
uh, leading the ministry since Pastor Stephen went home to be with the Lord in 2012. Um, It's not uncommon for us to hear from her and say, please pray, we're facing persecution. We need your prayers. So that was, when we received that yesterday, and then this morning, sometime in the middle of the night it came, it said, yesterday I frantically wrote to you for you to intercede on my behalf. Thank you for standing in the gap. Let me give you a brief synopsis of the events that, lead me, that led me to writing. Around 8 a.m. yesterday morning, when our co-worker John was opening up the Cornerstone campus, hundreds of men in, in lorries, those are trucks, descended on our Cornerstone property. These men were from the RSS party. These men are anti-Christian and a fanatical extremist Hindu group. They were there to grab our property and shut us down. They brought construction, digging machinery, and demolition machinery. They claim this property now belongs to them. It's probably hard for you to get your head around how something like that could happen because you would simply call the police. And there are, of course, is an infrastructure of police in Bangalore, but it's impossible to describe to you the ratio of protection compared to the ratio of the level of threat. There's nobody to call. There's nobody to call. And so when hundreds of people show up at the gates, organized, then something, something real could happen. Soon John informed me, Sam, that's her son and I, were there along with many from our church. While the brothers and Sam held fort, I along with another brother in the Lord was running from pillar to post to get some law and order official to look at my problem. Our sisters and children, both from the children's home and church kids, all sat blocking them from moving forward. And this went on until 10 p.m. This went on for 14 hours until when they finally left. And you might, from your perspective, wonder, how could you involve children in this? And from our Western American comfortable perspective, it's an understandable question. But it's a different world there. It's a different world. And by and large, the more than a billion people who populate India are wonderful people. Whatever their faith is, whatever their perspective is, they're wonderful, peaceful people. But there are factions of militants who are so threatening and so dangerous that they change the whole landscape of the thing. And so don't vilify the people of India at all, please. This is, a, this is an, an organized group of people who hate Christians and who use violence in order to enforce their hatred. And so the children came, the children came, and uh, Peggy reminded me that there's a chapter in Heidi Baker's book where she talks about she's in Africa when they came to get the children's home there. And she just had the children sit and worship God. And this worshiping God drove these enemies away. And so these girls who live in the children's home that you built, these girls would all be dead had you not built that place. I promise you. Every one of them would not have survived. And so now they're in a place... And they understand something. They understand that not only are they in a safe place provided for them by some people far away, but that they're part of a ministry, they're part of a movement, they're part of the battle. 
and they have faith. You should hear them sing. You should hear them pray. And then you'd understand. And so it says, for now, we are all staying at the campus, and worship will be held here. Tonight, too, which they're eight and a half hours ahead of us right now, so it's after 8 p.m. there. Tonight, too, we will all stay, and the men will keep vigil through the night. Please pray that tomorrow I will be able to procure a stay of order from the court to prevent these goons, she said, from grabbing our ministry headquarters. Please keep me and my son in your prayers as we face physical harm. And then she says, God is good. I believe in all things. My Lord is working for my good. Thank you for your prayers. Continue to spread the word and intercede for us in Christ Jesus, Sister Queenie. So of much greater importance this morning than hearing a message is for you to stand in the place of defense for them in the kingdom realm. Could it be a coincidence that last week in the series, as I was teaching on the subject of circle prayer and how it is absolutely vital that you defend your circle, could it be a coincidence that that was last week and this is this week? I wasn't even going to have the cross here this week. I was going to move it back up there and something in my heart, because it kind of creates a visual obstruction, but uh, something in my heart said, leave it there. Leave it there. And so I need to engage absolutely every single person in this place and standing in defense for them. Might be your first time here and you go, that's a little awkward. I know. I don't offer that as an apology, just as an explanation. These people are our family. There are children. There are brothers. There are sisters. There are family. And right now, they are being violently threatened by people who can hurt them. Is it somewhere inside of you, no matter where you are in your faith, is there, is there somewhere inside of you to call out for their defense? I think another thing that we need to do is is do this in circles. So first, I'd, I'd just like to ask anybody in the room who's ever been to India with us to come up here and make a circle around this cross. If you're a person who's been on one of our trips to India, we had some at the nine, of course. I want you guys to come up here and Because you guys know what I'm talking about, right? There's a picture of the gate. You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know about the, the climate of violence, persecution. You guys were there. You felt it when you were there. 
Is there anybody else here who has ever been to India who would like to come and help in this, this particular circle? If you've ever been there, there's no way to describe it. If you've ever been to India, I invite you to come and join this circle also. But what I want to ask from every single person here this morning is this. I want to ask you to overcome your value for personal space, your anxiety about people you don't know, and I want you to right now get up from where you are and make circles all around this room. You don't have to hold hands if you don't want to, but would you just make circles? Would you get every single person in this room? Would you please get somewhere with people and make circles? Circles all around the room, in the aisles, in the empty spaces, people you know, people you don't know. doesn't make any difference. Just would you let this picture sink in somewhere and make a circle? Just make circles. Come on, a circle is round. Close it up. I know this is different, but I can't possibly over-explain how important it is. If you think those little girls are not terrified right now, you'd be wrong. They know what happens if those guys get in. Now would you, in faith, lay claim to the real estate in your circle? Would you envision the circle that's made by you guys standing there? Would you envision in the kingdom realm that that is, that is your real estate by faith to defend? Just start there and agree with me in faith that that circle belongs to you. And then would you, would you envision the cross of Jesus Christ in the middle of that circle, standing tall over that circle, and that the cross of Jesus Christ has dominion over that circle and anything you put in that circle? Would you also envision the truth that over this circle is an outpouring of the blessing of God, the power of God, the strength of God, the favor of God. So would you envision that by faith? Call it out in your heart. Call it out with your lips. But call it out that this is a circle ordered by the Lord. As you prepare to pray this prayer... I want you to know that as sons and daughters of the living God, as we just sang, I am a child of God, you are no longer under the authority of Satan, but that you have been elevated to a place with Christ in the heavenly realms, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, and that you, by His power, now have the opportunity to dominate over Satan and all of his evil schemes. And He is your true enemy. These men are not our enemy. 
Satan is our enemy, and he is inspiring them to be this way. We need to break the back of Satan in them. So now, would you by faith envision whatever is coming to your mind as a picture of this Cornerstone campus, these precious children, these people, these believers in Bangalore who have all gathered there to block the way? Would you, would you picture them and would you put them in the circle? Would you put, populate your circle with them right now and begin praying for them right now in the name of Jesus? Jesus.